0: Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history, and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistpodcast.com. The John of All Trades Podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You have all made it to the dance. You have all made it, made it, made it. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 179. I'm your host John X, thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And ooh, it's time for the Confidential series to return. I have done only three of these episodes in my history, and they're all good. First one was Wall Street. Second one was. Aerospace auditor. So like he made sure the the plane that you were flying on was safe. Those were really early on in the, in the run of the show. And then I also did one with an elementary school teacher. Now, granted, you can expect that she wouldn't want to go on record for her school or her district or whatever. And it's kind of like what we're talking about today, today on the confidential series, I've got Caitlin and we're doing first names only. Caitlin works in the advertising industry. And while she is still a part of the industry, she no longer does the type of work that we talk about on this show. And that is large-scale commercial advertising. Big, national, international brands doing huge media buys, doing product rollouts once a month. And she gives us an inside look into what it's like. So what do we talk about on this week's show? Well, for one, we talk about what it's like to make a Super Bowl ad. Right. Caitlin was part of a team that put out a Super Bowl ad. So we talk about what the stress level is like for something that receives that much scrutiny. If you think about the Super Bowl, some people watch the game purely for the ads. It's like the one time a year that people are looking forward to the commercials to see what they're about. So think about creating one of those and how everyone is going to see it and analyze it and rank it against other ads. We talk about what it's like working with celebrities and the challenges associated with that. We talk about the nightmare of trying to film a cheese pull, and if you are not from the industry and you were hearing this for the first time, a cheese pull, if you talk to anyone who's ever done food photography, is like just an absolute quagmire to get right. Because think about melted cheese when you see it. Any pizza ad you've ever seen sees them pulling a slice away from the rest of the pie, and the cheese is, you know, sort of stretching out, and you want to see how gooey that is and how delicious and hot and... Feel like I'm going to go eat pizza after this, but you have to film that and getting that right is a real challenge. We also talk about the stress level associated with working with a big international brand that is rolling out products constantly. The workload associated with that nights, weekends, all sorts of just labor involved, multiple product rollouts happening in different phases. It sounds like a nightmare of logistics. Yet, there is a team of dedicated professionals working on every account trying to get these products in front of you in hopes that you'll go buy them. We spend some time talking about portrayals of advertising in media. So, Mad Men. Is Don Draper a good ad man or not? We debate that topic. All in all, it's a really fun episode because advertising is one of those things that we all say we ignore, but we all know so much about it. The fact that we all claim to ignore it is such nonsense advertising is around us all the time. So why not learn more about how it actually gets made? And this episode is really fun. And I think what comes across most, one of the things that comes across most here is Caitlin is just an absolute delight. She's a ray of sunshine. She's a conscientious professional. She's a talented account manager. And I just adore talking to her. I think that comes across nicely in this episode. I just, I hope she has tremendous success. I thank her for going on the record here with me. Even though we're doing it confidentially, her insights here are really valuable and give you just a a tremendous look into the world of advertising. So we'll get to that here in just a second. Here's an ad for you. Four degrees, the number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. If you are running a campaign online, You're trying to build a website. You are trying to get your message in front of the people who need to see it. Four degrees is the place that you need to call because they understand not only how to generate the proper message, but which content channels to put that on, whether that's social media, the internet, wherever, and they know how to get it in front of the correct people who that message will resonate with. I'm proud to work with them. They do all my tech support, all my hosting and I just adore the work that they do. So check them out on the web, the number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. There's an ad, commercial, cut, print, you love it, we're done. But now, let's get to this week's episode. Episode 179 of the John of All Trades podcast is with Caitlin. She has worked in the advertising industry. This is a part of the Confidential Series, and this episode starts right now.
1: Uh, it was snowy Friday night and then yesterday or Saturday and Sunday, it was like super nice out, sunny and beautiful.
0: Were you in Aspen or Snowmass Village?
1: Aspen. Okay. Yeah. Like Aspen, they have a house like right downtown.
0: I was at this conference once we were staying in Snowmass Village and... There's like a pizza joint that's right there. Oh yeah, and it was really good. And I was just over this conference; I was there for work, but I decided to blow off the dinner. <laughs> nice. And I just, <laughs> I just picked up a six pack of beer and a pizza and went home and watched the NBA finals. Oh, that's the, that's even better. <laughs> like the, you like, really got to enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was kind of on the company's nickel. I think I paid for that, so I didn't expense. You know, <laughs> yeah,
1: you didn't get all the all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you know, it's it's the glamorous world of business travel. which oh, yeah. uh, I know we both. Know something about because this is Caitlin, and we're going to keep this confidential. So you are just Caitlin, you're like share
1: just Caitlin, yeah, only a first name,
0: yeah, or you know, share or Moses, yeah, <laughs> you know. Brandy, I'm
1: trying oh, to think oh, of other is ones. a good one. Monica, <laughs> yeah, Monica, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, didn't they have a song together?
1: Mm-hmm. The Boy is Mine, that was, <laughs> it was a hit. A hit.
0: I I heard that the other day, so uh I await your hit song whenever it comes out.
1: Yeah. I wish my name was a little more interesting than Caitlin if it was just the first name.
0: (laughs) Monica's not exactly Cher. That's true. That's
1: true. You know, I mean Cher. Or Madonna. Well,
0: that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That one's really (laughs) But uh anyway, so this is Caitlin and Uh, you are not currently doing this, but you used to work for a large, like, advertising firm, right? Yes. Okay. Like in Los Angeles. Mm
1: -hmm. A couple, a couple of them. Okay. A couple of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not just one. Okay. Nice. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, um, you're, you're currently kind of in the industry still, but Mm -hmm. not doing the type of work you were then. And as I articulated this to you, and I, we've gotten to know each other professionally a little bit in Mm -hmm. some capacity. As you told me stories about that, I remember thinking, like, when I talk to college kids and, you know, you say you work in advertising, everyone thinks that's really cool, mm-hmm. right? I mean, is that, like, a common reaction that oh, people yeah. get? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember I would always, you know, talk to my parents or sister. or let them know, like, oh, I'm going to this shoot or I'm going to be on production or, you know, using that terminology right. in They're their minds.
0: Like, like Hollywood insider type yeah, terminology, Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? And in their minds, they always like thought it was this big, you know, production and glamorous. And then I'm like, well, actually I'm like shooting food or I am shooting a hand model or, you know, like very (laughs) minuscule things that aren't necessarily glamorous.
0: Totally. Or like, uh, I remember I was on a commercial shoot one time for a client I was doing, and one of the creative guys was like really hungover. Yeah. I was just asleep in the video village. Oh my gosh. Amazing. And, and so you go, you tell people like, yeah, he was asleep in the video village. They're like, what is the video village? It's, yeah. <laughs> and you go, it's this, it's a place with some chairs where you're watching people move around on camera and it's not even being filmed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's just like comfy, comfy couches, which makes sense why he was yeah. sleeping there. But yeah, I feel like the most <laughs> glamorous part of it is like the snacks. Yeah. And we didn't even have like the full craft services that they mm. talk about in all movies and stuff. It's more just like a snack table that someone went to Trader Joe's right, like, <laughs> and got. Like someone <laughs> and went and to Costco. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And you're like, ooh, are these cashews? How exotic.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but uh how did you get involved in advertising? Like, is that what you wanted to do when you were in college?
1: So I studied and majored in, um, business marketing and honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. Marketing to me was just like a generic term. It wasn't, um, finance. It wasn't science. It wasn't (laughs) all the things basically I knew I didn't want to do, but (laughs) I didn't exactly know what marketing could be. And I happened to go to school near a bunch of, um, large advertising agencies. So After college, I actually was a front desk greeter person, Um, so answering phones, checking people in, visitors, and stuff like that, Um, but this agency had a program where you could work there for three months in that position and then interview within the agency, so you got a chance to figure out the different departments, meet people um, see how an agency works and like, what are the types of jobs there? Cause coming out of college, I had no idea.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's Um, part of what I do on this show is like, people don't know how much work is actually out there Yeah, and there is so much, Mm -hmm. but you just don't know until you're like in the working world.
1: Right. And it's hard to understand. I think at that point in my life, I didn't understand what the day-to-day activities were. So of each job, you know, you hear the titles and you're like, I think I could do that, but you don't know exactly what they do. And then once you know what they do, you're like, yeah, I can definitely do that. Or, or definitely
0: not. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. Like I definitely knew I was not a creative. I was not the person who's going to be writing or drawing or, you know, designing stuff. Right. But account, I could do that. I could go into account <laughs> management. <laughs> right. So yeah, so moved into account management after that, um, new business, pitching new clients, and then also working with a, like a specific client.
0: So like how big is a team that you're on?
1: So it ranges, it depends on the agency, but you know, one of my teams, our account team alone, just the account people who worked on one client, there were 12 of us. My
0: goodness. That is a large account team.
1: Right. Yeah. It's huge. You know, typically now I'll have one client. I'll have multiple clients to myself. Right. And this one client required 12 people, um, just running the day-to-day account pieces. Um, and then there's all, all of the creatives, all of the planners, all of the production team. So we had like a, over a hundred people on our team. Oh right my side. gosh. Yeah.
0: When I was, uh, at MGA and, um, they brought me on to work on a very specific and large account and we were a lead agency among like five. Mm-hmm. So all the other agencies would do their billing through us. Yeah. And we would just aggregate the bill. Um but they brought me on we were a team of eight. And that felt unwieldy. Yeah, that was a huge account. Yeah, and then what was crazy is like a month after I got there, the account just like fell off a cliff. Oh no! <laughs> and so I didn't. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you hired me for this. I'm gonna be just shown the door here momentarily, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Because I? I mean, that's another re- like reality of agency life too. Uh-huh. When billings take a turn, like you got to shed people pretty quickly.
1: Oh yeah. Or if new clients come on and they have relationships with other agencies or people they've worked with in the past and they're like, yeah, you guys are doing a great job, but I'd rather go work with my friend. So it's, it's a tricky industry. You never know what's going to happen. It's
0: tough. Yeah. But, my God, 12 people. And so like, what are, what is everyone on that team doing? And well, and this is for brands like these are national size mm, brands, right?
1: Yeah. And the reason that it required so many people is because of the products that they were pushing out. So they were pushing out a new product every month, basically. Good Lord! So we would do full blown advertising campaigns for each new product each month almost. Wow. Um, and then they would also have test products where they're testing them in certain Um, markets. So we're doing campaigns for those as well, because we're advertising in those markets.
0: Like little regional campaigns? Yeah,
1: exactly. So like specific markets that they're trying to see if people are going to like this product. So if you think about it, we're shooting TV and radio and digital and social and all of their in-store stuff for all of these products. And you have to do that basically each month to two months. Wow. Um, So it's just the workload, the amount of work that is going through the agency that you're needing to produce is, it's a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's stressful too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and it was not this product, but just as a for instance, like... Let's say you were working on a campaign for deodorant, mm-hmm. right? And you've got all these different types of deodorant, different scents, and, you know, like maybe spray on, maybe roll on, maybe it doesn't <laughs> yeah. have this chemical in it, whatever, right?
1: Scented, unscented. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Exactly. <laughs> for the company, you know, it's important. You know, there's a bottom Mm -hmm. line. They have like people that they answer to, but we're not talking life or death. here. No. Right.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the crazy thing is because yes, you do have to take it seriously because it's their business and you want them to be successful and you want the sales to do well. And advertising for these specific products is a big deal because that's how a lot of people learn about them. But it's
0: B2C too. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, you're like, for instance, if it's a deodorant or if it's some other type of, you know, commodity product like that, you're like, I am killing myself for this deodorant. <laughs> like I am pulling all nighters and working on the weekends and you know, everyone has this high stress around it because you want it to be successful and that you take your job seriously, but you take a step back and you're like is this worth it? Like, what is like, do you hear the conversations we're having about these like minuscule things that are like end all be all, um, right. About
0: like font changes, mm -hmm. um, on an ad and you go, are you serious? Like I, I just got reamed for this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or colors or, um, who's going to be starring in the ad and what they're going to be wearing. Um, it's just, yeah, it can be, it can be a little much when you, especially when you, it's always interesting when I have these conversations with people outside of the industry and they're like, right. wait, what? <laughs> like, How is that so intense? And you're like, I'm not sure, but you have to take it seriously for your client. Well,
0: and because from the outside looking in, you know, you hear advertising. And one of the things that you hear frequently from comedians is comedians' parents always seem very concerned about this sort of itinerant lifestyle. And they're like, well, maybe this comedy thing could parlay into advertising. Yeah. And you go, well, okay, it's not, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not exactly, exactly <laughs> all, of the, all or all it's cracked up to me mm-hmm. because a, it's not that stable. And B it's a, it's a brutal, brutal life. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned that you're killing yourself. You're pulling all nighters. You're working weekends. Um, was that a fairly standard thing for you or was that like during just times of high stress?
1: For this specific client, it became the norm because of, as I mentioned, the amount of new products that are coming through and the amount of advertising you have to do for those products. Um, So we were just constantly working against that crazy calendar of rolling out new products. I would say for other clients, they'll definitely have Um, more intense periods of time as you're going through production or rolling things out. Um, but I also think it's a factor of, you know, the advertising industry. There's some, you know, agencies or, um, teams or clients that just require more attention and you get into this. Um, uh, mindset of like, you have to work this much just to get it done. Whereas sure. I found there's other agencies in, in other areas or, um, that are smaller or have a different type of client that definitely prioritize the work-life balance. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's an interesting balance because you get great experience. Um, but you're also, you have zero work-life balance. <laughs> so wow. you're kind of, um, killing yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So. If you're working nights and weekends, take me through like what a day would look like. You know, was it interfacing with the client? Was it being on set? Like, is there an average day?
1: There's really not. I would say, you know, you can try to plan for your day. Like, you can look at your calendar and say, I have this meeting and this meeting, and I need to get this done. But once you get into the office and once you're working through everything, all these random things always come up. So it's really hard to. Put <laughs> Plan your day or describe an average day. Um I think it depends where you're at in the process of things. So whether it's, you know, um you're kicking a project off where you're working in strategy, developing a creative brief, briefing in your creatives to concept against it and, you know, make the idea. Um Or if you're sharing the idea with clients and getting approval on that, or if you're moving into production um where you're trying to figure out all the details of how you're going to actually make this idea come to life. Or if it's live and it's out in the world and everyone is reviewing it and reacting to it. And you're dealing with those aspects of it. So it kind of depends where you're at in that process. But I would say for a a lot of the time on that one client that we were constantly having new products out, you were just across multiple projects that were all at different stages. So wow. It was definitely a juggling act, um, in some cases. Um, and knowing that your client, you know, we would have 12 account people working on one client. We would have three clients. So the amount of work that's going through our agency and we're producing those three clients have to deal with all of that on their side and approve it and make sure it's budgeted correctly and everyone's okay with it on their side. So it's, I think that's the hard part too, is making sure you're not, um, Killing your client and wanting them just having them be overloaded. Yeah, you have to
0: give them like a manageable workflow. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Which is wild. Mm -hmm. Did you have a favorite aspect of things that you did there? Like in that in the multiple sort of stages. Mm Mm-hmm of the development of a campaign. Did mm-hmm. you have a favorite part?
1: Um, I think there were, there are two parts that always stood out to me. One was when I would see like the first round of creative after we've already been strategizing and talking about, you know, what the product is, what we need to accomplish, how we want it to look from like a strategic point of view, but then seeing how the creatives brought it to life and the concepts and insights that they leveraged was always so interesting to me because mm-hmm. that, as I said, I'm not a creative, I could never do it, so, but I love working in this environment because right. I get... Get to be part of the creative output. Um, so that was always really fun for me and then also in post production once we've you know done the shoot and or the recording or whatever it is, seeing the actual product meaning the tv spot or the hearing the radio spot or seeing the social execution right. that was the best part So you you're like oh like after all this work <laughs> this it's finally here you can po-
0: you can point to it
1: <laughs> yeah but then there's also you know the factor that a lot of the times it was this like weird anticlimactic moment that you've been <laughs> w- like working on this and spending so many hours and so much time and effort for months and it's finally out in the world and then you hear like one friend be like oh I saw that commercial like yeah I didn't really get it you're (laughs) like cool yep nope that's fine (laughs) we didn't just you know spend hours and hours and months and so many people yeah millions of dollars and Then you just hear that. So it's, it's a weird thing. (laughs) It can be funny.
0: You're like, thanks, thanks for being the wet fart in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's just tremendous. Uh,
1: I'll never forget, um, we worked on a Super Bowl spot for one of our clients. Oh my. And, um, I'll just leave it at that. It was a fast food restaurant. And the day after the Super Bowl, I was, happened to be going through the driveway of that.
0: Establishment.
1: establishment, and uh, my friends jokingly said to the the worker, "Like, oh, did you see the Super Bowl spot? What'd you think of it?" And he was like, "I I hated it. I didn't like it." And I just remember I was in the back seat. I just remember I slowly rolled the window up, and they all just lo- all my friends looked at me, and I was like, "It's fine, <laughs> it's fine," because we had spent. I think over a year on that spot trying a year. to, yeah, perfect it and get everyone's opinions and make sure everything was accomplished and we were shooting internationally and had all these different talent and celebrities and.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so we're recording this like in April, right? Yeah. Which means there are agencies out there working on next year's Super Bowl ad already.
1: 100%, yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah. I think it. sometimes it starts well, sometimes, you know, depending on if they know they're coming out with a big product or um, if they want that to be part of their, you know, they have to budget for it because those right. Super Bowl spots are very expensive, not only to buy the media, to have it actually run, but to make it. Right. Um, And now it's so much about the teaser and spots. TV spots are coming out early and all of that. So you really have to plan ahead for those. So yeah, wow. there are definitely people. And then it... It adds, it's not just a commercial that's going to run a bunch of times and everyone's going to see it. It's this one big moment. So I'd say mm-hmm. that added a lot of pressure and anxiety to the development of it.
0: Yeah, because I, this, and we've talked about this mm-hmm. and, you know, I think people will forgive us for being coy here, <laughs> but you know, you're talking about a, a fast food brand mm-hmm. that, that was one of the things that you've worked on among many in your career. Yeah. But, uh. We don't want to necessarily embarrass them or embarrass the agency you used to work for or even you. Yeah. Because, you know, it was valuable experience. It was was really fun, but a lot of pressure. And you mentioned, you know, the involvement of celebrities. That's Mm got to be kind of a strange wild card.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, the hard part of it is that. And
0: we certainly won't say who.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but. (laughs) Um, the hard part of it is that when you are spending so much money of your client's budget, If you're going to recommend having a a celebrity involved or if they want a celebrity involved, you know, that costs a lot to have them participate in, you know, just negotiating that, seeing if they're available, seeing if they're even interested or if they are a good fit for the brand. And then everyone has an opinion on who it should be. Um, And it almost (laughs) becomes this weird thing of like. Oh, if we're going to have a celebrity, then like, I want this person or I want that person or um, can become very subjective. But, um, and then working with them, you know, these, some celebrities, depending on who they are aren't necessarily actors. So if you're putting them in a TV spot, you're expecting a specific performance (laughs) and you might not get that. (laughs) Or, or
0: like, uh, some sort of like natural interplay with the camera and not everyone has that. Mm -hmm,
1: Exactly. I I learned
0: that during media training where I got one, a guy who I loved working with and he was like, uh, he was like an engineer Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, you're, you're very charming. You're very well-spoken and all that. We turned the camera on and he just like stared at me and I'm like, Okay, well, this is going to be a walk uphill. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that. And yeah. that's got to be weird.
1: Totally. Yeah. Cause I mean, we would, we had worked with a bunch of different types of talent across our spots. Um, and you know, sometimes you'll get athletes who they're not necessarily comfortable in front of a camera and sure. acting. Other times you'll get
0: like politicians. Uh, yeah.
1: Or even people who are no names. Like I remember, um, at one of my agencies, we were working on a, I think it was a salad dressing Mm. and we happened to cast this actor model who wasn't necessarily popular, but he was, did so well that he became popular for a salad dressing. But then you have, um, maybe an athlete or a politician or someone who's not used to acting and they don't do anything for the spot. They don't help it in (laughs) any way. Um, so it's. It's an interesting dynamic that you have to, you know, you think they're going to be great because they're recognizable, but they might not have the, might, might be a little tough to get them to perform. (laughs) Well,
0: sure. And their skill set is different, you know, right? Like in the case of an athlete, you know, they're captivating because of what they do. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're great at playing soccer or baseball or whatever. You're like, Oh, like I love watching them. And then you get them in a different context and you know, it's like a total fish out of water and you go, okay, this is weird.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like maybe we should just film you, you know, uh, throwing touchdown passes or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember one of the, um, talent that we hired his, he brought a lot of friends to set and his friends were so much more dynamic and interesting (laughs) and entertaining that we put them in the spot. Yeah. His crew. And we were like, all right, just go hang out with your friends, have a good time. And like, they were, they were almost like better than he was, but it was just (laughs) interesting to see how they all interacted on set and with each other.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you mentioned salad dressings, you mentioned fast food. Yeah. Um when I was so I was doing a spot for my corporate gig mm-hmm. and we were there, we were filming it outside and it was just like people who worked for our company, which again brings a unique challenge because these are not trained actors, they're not doing it the same way every time, so Right. and you've got there was one shot where there was like six of them all yeah. in one shot and you go, okay, we're going to be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> but um I was just making small talk with one of our... One of the... Like the director or whoever. And he came out of food photography. Mm. And one of the things he expressed to me was... The Nightmare of Cheese Pulls.
1: Oh, yeah. Are
0: you familiar with this? Yes, I am. Have you filmed or been on set while they're filming cheese pulls?
1: Many a time. Okay. <laughs> First of
0: all, define for anyone who doesn't know what a cheese pull actually is. I'm sure you can guess, but...
1: Yeah. So I think it's depending on what the product is, but um, if there is a lot of cheese or if cheese is the key component all or right. ingredient of the product, then you want to highlight that. And the best way to show that is to get a melty ooey gooey cheesy shot of the cheese being pulled apart almost like if you're have like a grilled cheese sandwich and you cut it in half and right. you want to see all that cheese coming
0: out right or like every pizza ad you've ever seen yes they're pulling a slice off the pie and the cheese is like stuck to the rest right. of the pie yeah. Right? yeah yeah
1: and you know it's so appealing and appetizing but to get <laughs> that cheese pull is not so easy Um and I think with a lot of food products it just takes a lot because of I think we've all seen, you know, cheese harden up or uh, temperatures change or if it's not the most, um, (laughs) ooey, gooey cheese. Yeah. And shooting it over and over and over again and making sure. But you also have to take into account. What I think a lot of people don't realize is, like, there's a legal limit on how much cheese is in the actual product. So we have people on set that are reviewing how the product is made and making sure that we're not putting too much cheese in it. Oh, because then it's false advertising? Yeah, because then it's false. Yeah. So, but then you have to accomplish this cheese pull and you can't have too much of it in there. And, and you have your client sitting there saying like, I want it to look better. And you're like, well, this is your product. Like we can't, we can only do so much with it. Wow. Um, yeah. So it can be, those are the moments that you're like, if anyone overheard this conversation, they would be like, what is going on? I've had, uh, been on set where people are referring to products, whether it's, you know, uh, a shoe or a piece of clothing or a food item or whatever as he or she. <laughs> and I will literally have to clarify, like, we're talking about this, right? You're not talking a about person. an object. Yeah. An object, not a person. And it's like, okay, that's, that's the intensity that they are referring to this <laughs> as <laughs> the connection they have to it. Well, okay. A
0: couple <laughs> of things strike me here first is, um, you're, you're having to film these cheese pulls over and over again. So like one, you know, once you make that pizza or whatever, or like you have the thing where you're pulling the cheese, like a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Yeah. You can't use that one again. Right? No. So you're just, done. what happens to the food?
1: You, you just throw it away. You just, God, that's awful. Or you awful. scrap it, right? Or one thing that we, you don't think about is, um, because you're wanting it to be hot and have the cheese melting or whatever the product is. Fresh, or you want that steam coming off of it, even if it's like a coffee shot or whatever. Right. And then you have these talent or hand models that are working with the product that with have to pick food. it up and grab it and try it or whatever, and they're burning themselves. <laughs> like I remember literally they were like would have to take breaks because it was too hot, but you had to get that shot. And it's oh just, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I don't envy the talent in those situations, wow,
0: <laughs> and i mean they they have to pull at a certain rate mm-hmm. and like with a with a certain uh force
1: mm-hmm.
0: um it's It's a very specific and odd skill set, yeah, I imagine, yeah, but uh the other thing I wanted to ask you about was. When they're referring to the product as he or she, (laughs) I remember you telling me anecdote one time. It's like, well, I think he looks fat here. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how can a thing like look fat? Yeah.
1: yeah, or I think he looks shiny. She looks shiny, and you're like, "Well, I don't know what the, how to address that. Do We need
0: to put a new filter over the <laughs> yeah. light. Like, I don't exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting to hear that type of feedback.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um. I, and I think what's funny too is it's one of those things that we take for granted mm-hmm. because. A lot of people look forward to the Super Bowl. Even people who aren't football fans are like, oh, I'm just going to watch the commercials. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the only time of year where people are not annoyed by commercials. Yeah, Or where people, like, might fast-forward their DVR through the actual, like, content. Game, yeah. (laughs) um, To get to the commercials, yet it's so taken for granted. Mm -hmm. And people are so quick to just be like, I really like that ad. That ad sucked. Mm -hmm. Like, And so I like filling in the back half of the picture because you have honest to God people. And like, you know, we've had the pleasure of getting to know each other and you are just delightful. Right. (laughs) And to think that there's a whole team of folks, most of them just like doing their jobs behind that, I think is something that we take for granted.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The amount of people and work that goes into like one individual spot. And as I was saying, like a lot of times those spots will only run once in that Placement Because, for instance, if you do have a lot of celebrity talent in the spot or if you have a specific um, music track on the spot that's really mm. well-known or famous or iconic, that all costs money. Oh, and licensing all, fees, right? Yeah, it all costs money every time it airs. So if you have these things that cost a lot of money per airing, meaning every time it runs on TV, then... Your budget gets sucked pretty quickly. So yeah. there would definitely be some TV spots that we would make that we knew were only going to run in certain placements and knowing yeah. that they're going to get more attraction, then they can hike up those costs of, um, right. of how much they're going to charge for it. If they're like, Oh, you want this for the Super Bowl? That's not just a random Tuesday night <laughs> TV yeah. spot airing. Yeah.
0: It's not just during like modern family. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, Interesting to take into account all those different aspects, especially after for so long, having just been a spectator of Super Bowl ads. And I might have known, you know, some uh, clients that were at my agency that were working on it, but I wasn't a part of it. And then being a part of it, it just, it was, it was both really exciting. And as I mentioned, very anticlimactic that, <laughs> right. you know, all this work accumulated in this one airing and then it was just done.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally weird. Uh, and one thing I thought of is, um, do you see the movie Juno? Yeah. When, uh, Jason Bateman's character is like, yeah, I'm a composer. Mm-hmm. And she's like, anything I would have heard. And he's like, mostly commercial stuff. He's like, you know, that, uh, titanium power deodorant commercial. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, titanium power. Like, <laughs> yeah. And she sings it uh-huh. and he goes, paid for this kitchen. And so <laughs> yeah. like there's, once you get to that scale, uh-huh. there's like a lot of money in advertising. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend who his roommate was an actor and booked like a Pepsi commercial mm-hmm. that ran all year. Yeah. And like that paid his rent like the yeah. entire year.
1: That's all, yeah, that's all they need. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's also the great part of it is that there's a lot of unions or organizations that have the talents um best interest in mind to make sure that they are getting paid and they're getting their fair share and right. um that you're using the right type of talent or cast casting people that will get fairly reimbursed for their
0: Yeah, they're getting time. compensated. Yeah. Um, and I, it reminds me of something. I, a pet peeve of mine is when people complain about how much money either athletes or actors make, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, like inser- yeah. insert celebrity here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, because people will pay $10 a ticket to go see Tom Cruise's big stupid face, yeah. like that supports thousands of people Mm -hmm. doing real jobs, like people delivering dry cleaning to the set or Mm -hmm. like caterers or electricians or people building sets or whatever. Like so much of that is built on the backs of just the general public going, yes, I will pay some money to see his face on my screen. Yeah. And do you have an opinion on that?
1: No, I think, I mean, it's hard. I don't know if I could comment on like the athletes or the actors or that sort of thing, but for advertising itself, it, when you break it down, um, and really see what all goes into it. I don't think it's anything exorbitant or um, crazy other than, you know, those specific one-off executions, you know, like, right. but also good for them. Like they know what they're worth and they know that this is, they're going to get a lot of um, recognition because they're using, whether it's their song or their name or whatever. So, you know, it, I think everyone's just trying to (laughs) be fair and (laughs) get what they deserve. (laughs) I'm sure,
0: I'm sure working on these large scale consumer campaigns, you've been subject and privy to like market research. Mm -hmm. Are you ever just mystified by how insane it seems to you? Because for instance, I'll give you this, like I've seen market research where it's like, are you more likely to buy tide because it appears on a NASCAR? Yeah. And there's a certain set of, of the populace that goes, yes. Mm -hmm. And you go, God, why? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, like, as you're creating these campaigns, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're getting, like, part of the feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Was that ever surprising to you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you... It's interesting because you'll know, like try to be strategic about it and come up with these ideas that make sense for the product. But then they're like, well, it doesn't matter. No matter what you do, if you just like run it here or say this or do that, then it's going to sell. Um, so then there's sometimes that you're like, well, what's the, like, <laughs> do we just do that or? Why am I doing so? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, you still, I feel like it's when things break the mold or go against that and find a new way that makes us successful. That's when it really stands out to people.
0: Yeah. What ultimately facilitated your exit from this? Because, you know, you're still like in the industry, but doing a much different type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, was it that feeling of like, I can't, was it, the work-life balance? Was it the sort of feeling of like, God, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, Or was it some combination?
1: I think it was a combination of it. I think it's knowing um, what we're trying to accomplish and the amount of work that went into it. I felt like it just wasn't um, sustainable for anyone. And a little bit unnecessary. Um, what's been super inspiring and great for me to see is that there are places that you can still do the same type of work with the same output and you don't have to kill yourself for Mm -hmm. it. You can still have a work-life balance. It doesn't have to be the end all be all. And it doesn't have to be that insane level of stress and constantly on edge of like, what's going to happen next is something wrong? What, like always in crisis mode. Um, so being able to achieve that while also living a normal life has been really great to see. (laughs) And I think that that was ultimately what led me to leaving that position. Um, just knowing that there was not going to be any change, um, and that they weren't trying to rectify that or do anything different. Um, I just never saw a light at the end of the tunnel. And while I got great, experience from it and I will always love it. And I have these great stories to tell and the people I worked with were amazing. Um, I just knew for myself that it wasn't the best situation, but I still love the advertising industry. So being able to work for an agency and, um, still do that type of work has been awesome.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Did you watch Mad Men?
1: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Do you have
0: an opinion on Don Draper as an ad man?
1: Oh man. I, I mean, an opinion in the sense that I think he was a very talented creative okay. um but also I feel like he could be like a a lot of stereotypical creatives <laughs> um the the drama that they go through, but I will say I appreciate the reason I most appreciate that show is. When people ask me what I do, I can say, <laughs> have you seen Mad Men? And they'll, or they always say, is it like Mad Men? And I'm like, that's the closest I can get to explaining it. It's not right. exact, but it's pretty close. It's a good example.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't watch that show a lot, okay. but um, I've read a lot of pieces, uh, a lot of like think pieces on whether or not Don Draper is a good ad man or mm-hmm. not. And the one that was most convincing to me was that, no, he's not. Okay. Um, That he relies on the force of personality. He'll show up mm-hmm. to a client meeting with like one concept mm-hmm. and you go one concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you have one poster like, and you don't even have a full like concept developed. Yeah. You know, like there's no creative brief. There's no nothing. There's just like one ad that you've created that you're presenting to like Heinz. Yeah, that's true. And you go, dude, are you kidding me?
1: Right, yeah. Like, like realistically, that would not fly.
0: Uh, no. <laughs> um, and it's hard because it's a it's a snapshot of the past. So mm-hmm. it's almost like with the, the big culmination of season one, you know, with the Kodak carousel. Mm-hmm. That was like the pitch and everyone's like, wow, what a great admin. And you go, well, yeah, I mean, that kind of already existed. Yeah. And then the show ends. Spoiler alert for anyone who... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Turn
1: it off now (laughs) uh, if you haven't seen it. (laughs)
0: But at the end, we're led to believe he comes up with that Coke, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd like to teach the world to sing. And it's (laughs) like, okay... That fits the narrative because it's a fictionalized show. And so you can almost graft that onto him and make him a good ad man. Mm-hmm. But everything else that they did, like there was one he did for a hotel and it was like footprints in the sand. And I'm like, you basically stole Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's one thing that always annoys me about Hollywood is they don't get the advertising industry right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, another one I was thinking of is, have you seen how to lose a guy in 10 days? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't, it's probably on right now. Yeah.
1: On some channel. It's probably on USA. Yes. If we're being honest. (laughs) Exactly. But, uh,
0: when he comes up with frost yourself, uh-huh. I'm like, that wouldn't make it out of like the very first like spitball idea session. Yeah, section. for sure. I'm like, get out of yeah. here with this.
1: I mean, I wish it could be that simple sometimes, yeah. but I even question if as an account person, I complicate it. Cause I'm like, if, <laughs> if, uh, one of my creatives came up and just said frost yourself, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, maybe that could work. <laughs> that could be one of our ideas, but like, what are the other and why yeah. and what's the st- strategy behind that and all that? So I don't know. Maybe the they, it was uh, simpler back in the day or in those situations, but there's definitely, I would agree with you, it's not represented accurately because there's so much more that goes into yeah. it.
0: <laughs> it's not just one dude's cult of personality, mm-hmm. as yeah. much as some creatives would like that. Yeah. And I think we both experienced people who are a little too precious about their oh, ideas. Oh, yes,
1: definitely. But sometimes you'll also have, um, I'd say, clients who they just get an idea in their heads of what they want, and there's no talking them out of it. And it's like, all right, well, that's that's it.
0: <laughs> it's going to be fun when this falls on its face. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. there's just like that. they throw out that one thing. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's tricky when you have one person with one idea that they think is just going to solve it all. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay, I'm going to ask you this and sort of your reaction to it, because one of our mutual acquaintances described sort of the role of account supervisor as this way, which is you are taking direction from the client and giving it to the creative team. And then you are taking what the creative team creates and you are presenting it to the client. So you're like this intermediary where you have to speak both client and creative. Mm -hmm. And you're almost like a translator in that way. Yeah. Is that fair?
1: I'd say that's fair in certain senses. I think that's like one aspect of it. What am I missing? Uh, (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, I think another piece that you might be missing is that you have to have, you are expected to know and have the client's best interest while also having your agency and creatives best interest in mind and trying to figure out what's the best way to mold those. So yes, it's a little bit of translating, but it's also kind of being the expert on both sides. Wow. Um, while also not necessarily being the expert because your client is always going to know more about their business and right. your creatives are always going to know more about what a creative idea should look like. So it can be definitely tricky. Ultimately, you're just trying to make it the best it can be without stepping on anyone's toes, um, or I'd say upsetting anyone or, um, just doing what's best for everyone in terms of timelines and budgets and, um, the final output.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Caitlin, if, uh, if this career doesn't work out, it sounds like you've got a future in diplomacy <laughs> because I mean, oh, that's essentially what you're describing, right? Yeah. You know, it, like we have this nation, we have this nation, they <laughs> yeah. both have their needs. How do we sort of get them together to create the best product yeah. altogether?
1: Yeah, that's true. Definitely. And I think one thing I, I definitely know about myself is I hate conflict. Okay. I, uh, it makes me very uncomfortable. And I think that is somewhat of a strength for this type of position mm-hmm. because I just am trying to, uh, keep everyone happy and <laughs> keep yeah, but it all moving forward. <laughs> you're not
0: sweeping it under the rug though. No. Right? I mean, you're, you're looking to like, okay, we have conflict here. Mm-hmm. Let's resolve it. Yep, right? exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just, Try to avoid the drama and unnecessary headbutting or um, tension. And just because we are ultimately all on the same team, we're right. trying to achieve the same thing and um, be successful at it. So, no matter what, that's what you have to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, I get you. Yeah. All right. If someone's listening to this and they <laughs> think to themselves, I have always been interested in advertising, mm-hmm. what is something that they should definitely do? And then what is something they should definitely be wary of or something that they should avoid or something that uh, that's like a pitfall that they might not know about?
1: Yeah. I think something that you should definitely do is research advertising agencies and the types of jobs that they have. So job postings or uh, if on their websites or wherever you're looking at them, they talk about their different departments because there's so many jobs at an advertising agency and they all are very specific. So you can think you're interested in advertising, but then you have to figure out what would work best for you. So whether it's being in production or being a creative, a copywriter, art director, or being an account person or being a project manager or a strategist. So there's definitely a lot of different areas that...
0: (laughs) And then there's media buying. Yes, and
1: media and PR and, you know, so there's definitely a lot of different departments and places you can fit in. So I would definitely say, look at that because then you can go into it saying... With a focus and not just saying like, I want to be in advertising. <laughs> right. So would,
0: you're not a comedian's parent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I would say something not necessarily to be wary of, but just to be aware of mm. is that this is a service industry. We are servicing our clients and we are all working on their behalf. So while Parts of it might seem glamorous and it's fun and exciting and you get to see your work out in the real world and hopefully affecting people, um, in a good way. <laughs> um, you are still working for a client and, you know, you have to make sure that that relationship is going well and your client is happy and you're kind of, you can be at times at their beck and call and whatever they want, but it just depends who you're working for. But I think people forget that part of it is that the advertising agency doesn't necessarily have the upper hand and just get to, you don't just get to like do whatever you want. You still have right. to have like a business objective and make unless, your client happy. Unless
0: <laughs> you're apparently the agency that works on Geico yeah. because <laughs> yeah. that is the craziest ad campaign. And whoever gets to work on that, I'm so jealous Yeah, exactly. because it seems like whatever concept they come up with, Geico's gonna do it. Right. Like, and they're all so different from each other. It's mm-hmm. wild.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, find that client. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right?
0: Uh, everyone should find mm-hmm. that client. And what is it yeah. about insurance that makes for such good advertising?
1: I think, I can't necessarily say this 100%, but I, my gut is that they just have large budgets and mm. they're trying to <laughs> not be the boring insurance company, right. so they're willing to make, take some risks and, Try to see what what gets out there and makes them interesting. Because who would have ever thought that? We would be talking about the insurance commercial. Yeah, really. (laughs) When it comes
0: down to it. And so many people, if you think about that Peyton Manning Nationwide thing, Mm -hmm. um, and then like J.K. Simmons does those farmers insurance commercials. And like, why can I remember these so well off the top of my head?
1: Exactly. Um,
0: The whole Geico thing, um, Progressive has that flow chick. Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: They're like the most (laughs) iconic ones now, which is wild. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, which is just too funny. Mm -hmm. But,. Normally, this is when we do plugs on the show, but since this is part of the Confidential Series, yeah. I'm assuming you're not going to want to plug anything. I'm
1: not going to plug anything, but this was awesome, so right. thanks for having me. This was a delight, Caitlin,
0: and uh, it's it's been a pleasure. We've gotten to work together just a little bit, and uh, in anything that you do, I wish you continued success. Thank you. You too. That wraps up episode 179 of the John of All Trades podcast. My guest was Caitlin. She has worked in the advertising industry and just dropped some great knowledge on us about what goes into her work, what goes into making Super Bowl ads, and hey, whether or not Don Draper's a good ad man. I don't think so, but you know what? Whatever. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web. D-E-F-T-C-O-M. We're also on the social media. Check out John of all trades on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram all under the same handle. J O A T pod. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. Just search John of all trades. You will find us there. Hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will get delivered right to you. You don't even have to do any work, but if you want to get the drop on each new episode, go to Facebook. Mondays are where exclusive episode previews go up. Wednesdays are when new episodes drop. You can find all of my episodes dating back four plus years here. We got a ton of them here, including this fourth one in the Confidential series at JohnOfAllTrades.us. J-O-N of All Trades.us. I'm back here next week. We got another fun episode coming at you. This one has more guests than I've ever interviewed at one time. So stay tuned for that. I'm really thrilled to highlight their work. And until I hear you back here again. Say goodnight, Tracy. That's good, Johnny. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak.